Please stand. Holy Spirit. Amen. Jesus is the son of David. Jesus is the son of Abraham. Jesus is the son of Solomon. Jesus is the son of Mary. Jesus is the son of sinners. Let us worship Jesus. We say we have no sin. We deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all Let us then confess our sins to God our Father. Most merciful God, we confess that we are by nature sinful and unclean. We have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our 
We justly deserve your presence and eternal punishment. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for us. And for his sake, God forgives us all our sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God, bestows on them the Holy Spirit. The Lord who has begun this good work in us, bring it to completion the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Please be seated. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray. O God, you made this most holy night to shine with the brightness of the true light. Grant that as we have known the mysteries of that light on earth, we may also come to the fullness of his joys in heaven. Through the same Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. The Old Testament reading for this, mor this morning comes from Isaiah chapter 9, beginning at the second verse. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. You have enlarged the nation and increased their joy. They rejoice before you as people rejoice at the harvest, as warriors rejoice when dividing the plunder. For as in the day of Midian's defeat, you have shattered the yoke that burdens them the bar across their shoulders, the rod of their oppressor. Every warrior's boot used in battle and every garment rolled in blood will be destined for burning, will be fuel for the fire. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the greatness of his government and peace there will be no end. He will reign on David's throne and over his kingdom, establishing and upholding it with justice and righteousness from that time on and forever. The zeal of the Lord Almighty will accomplish this. This is the word of our Lord. The epistle comes from Hebrews chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. In the past, God spoke to our ancestors, the prophets, at many times and in various ways. But in these last days, he has spoken to us by his Son, whom he appointed heir of all things, and through whom also he made the universe. The Son is the radiance of God's glory and the exact representation of his being, sustaining all things by his powerful word. After he had provided purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven, 
So he became as much superior to the angels as the name he has inherited is superior to theirs. This is the word of our Lord. The gospel lesson comes from Matthew chapter 1. And we'll read verses 1 through 16. This is that fun reading in the church year where you get to go through the genealogy of, of Jesus and get to uh, read all these really great names from the Old Testament. And one has to wonder, why? Why take the time, Matthew, to put all of these names going back through generations and generations? What's the point? Well, in ancient times, as Matthew began to go about his business in the mission field with the Jewish people to whom he would be speaking, if you want to get their attention, if you want to establish for sure you know what you're talking about, you would do this. You'd go back and go back to the lineage of time, all the way back to the beginning. And so Matthew chapter 1, beginning at the first verse. The book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah and his brothers, and Judah the father of Perez, and Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of Aminadab, and Aminadab the father of Nashon, and Nashon the father of Salmon, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obed by Ruth, and Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of David the king. And David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam the father of Abijah, and Abijah the father of Asaph, and Asaph the father of Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat the father of Jerome, and Jerome the father of Uzziah, and Uzziah the father of Jotham, and Jotham the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah the father of Manasseh, and Manasseh the father of Amos, and Amos the father of Josiah, and Josiah the father of Jeconiah and his brothers at the time of the deportation to Babylon. And after the deportation to Babylon, Jeconiah was the father of Shetil, and Shetil the father of Zerubbabel, and Zerubbabel the father of Abud, and Abud the father of Elikim, Elikim the father of Azor, and Azor the father of Zadok, and Zadok the father of Akim, and Akim the father of Eliud, and Eliud the father of Eliezer, and Eliezer the father of Mathan, and Mathan the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Joseph, the husband of Mary, of whom Jesus was born, who was called the Christ. This is the word of our Lord. We continue now with the reading together of the Christmas Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, who sent his Son as my Savior on Christmas. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, announced by the angels, worshipped by the shepherds, and adored by the wise men, who lived to suffer, die, and rise again, to free me from sin, death, and the power of the devil. I believe in the Holy Spirit, who has brought me to faith in the Christ of Christmas, by whose work in my heart I am led to lay before the feet of Christ the treasures of my love and live under him as my King, both now and forevermore. Amen.
please. Dear Lord, may the meditations of our hearts and the words of my mouth be pleasing in your sight. In the name of Jesus we pray. Amen. Grace, mercy, and peace be yours this morning from God our Father and through the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Amen. The sublime glow of candlelight at an evening service can convey a feeling of peace, as we shared last night. The sparkling lights of a Christmas tree can radiate joy and happiness. Shining lights this time of year symbolize an important aspect of the Christmas message, enlightenment. The good news that we celebrate is that Jesus Christ brings true enlightenment, and with it, peace and joy. God's incarnate word dispels the darkness of our sin and brings the light of grace and saving truth. The connection, this connection between word and light, is brought out in John's Christmas gospel message. In John chapter 1, he writes, In the beginning was the word. All things were made through him. In him was life and the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. And then he writes this, that the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, glory of the one and only Son from the Father, full of grace and truth. Jesus has brought true light to this sin-darkened world. Jesus gives God's true enlightenment as the Word of God in the flesh. Today we gather to hear God's Word and, like Mary, ponder its enlightening impact on our hearts. So the goal of this homily is that you may learn to believe that God's Word in Jesus Christ brings into your life true enlightenment. But do we really have a problem with darkness today? Well, not in the realm of physical light. In fact, the people of Jesus' day would not be able to fathom the lighting technology that we have. But the darkness described here has to do with knowledge. We have long used the term enlightenment to refer to knowledge and understanding. But then again, do we really have a problem with the darkness of ignorance and a lack of understanding today? In many ways, our modern world is more enlightened than ever. There is nearly unlimited and virtually instantaneous access to information, not only in written forms, but in audio and video as well. If you need to contact someone who isn't here, what do you do? Well, you call them, or you text them, or you FaceTime. You need to know something, some piece of information, so what do you do? Well, you Google it. You need to learn where a place is at or what's the best restaurant to use. What do you use? Well, you search within an app. You need to find a particular Christmas recipe. You look it up on the web. There's always that wonderful Pinterest. You need to share Christmas memories. Well, there's Facebook. You need to figure out how to assemble the new electric scooter that you got for Christmas. Go to YouTube. Literally, there is a video for virtually everything that you ever wanted to put together. Not all of us can be like Walt, who just knows. I'm not. (laughs) And so someone has a video for you to watch. And so do we need more enlightenment with today's 
technology? Well, in terms of what Jesus came to bring, the short answer is definitely yes. In some ways, more than ever. Even though we are supposedly enlightened, we are still very much in the dark. The basic problem of darkness in the heart and soul of humans has never been solved by technology in any period of history. The discoveries and devices that humankind has been, has been developing through the ages have in, one sense approved, have, have in one sense improved the physical standard of living, but they have also given us new ways to be selfish, more efficient ways to rob and steal and hurt one another. Consider all of the cyber crimes that we have to deal with today. Have you ever had your identity stolen? It is not pleasant. In one sense, you could say that technology has provided more capacity for destruction. Why? Well, because the problem, as always, and as it always has been, is because of sin. It makes us ignorant of God's true nature, of His will and of His grace, and it leads to rebellion. And the evil foe himself, Satan, is always one step ahead. Just like a computer hacker, he seems to know more about technology's use for destruction than we do about its capacity for good. The words of our text reveal the depth of this darkness. St. John writes of Jesus, the true light which gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and the world was made through him. Yet the world did not know him. He came to his own, and his own people did not receive him. It is incredible, actually, if you pause to think about that, that the creation cannot recognize its own creator. God's chosen people cannot identify with their promised Messiah. And the very prophecies of God which he fulfills are not recognized by the so-called enlightened religious experts. You see, that is the problem of darkness. You can't see. You often don't even know what you don't know. And the prince of darkness, well, he is waiting there, and he does. He takes full advantage in playing on the spiritual ignorance of mankind in order to covertly attack and then eventually destroy. Therefore, enter the true light who has come into the world, the Word of God made flesh, our Savior, our Jesus. As it was announced to his father, Joseph, when he was in the dark about Mary's pregnancy, the angel said, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. And again, as John in his gospel reports, in him, Jesus, was life and the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. It has not understood it. To all who did receive him, writes John, who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, who were born not of blood, not of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. 
And in what do the and in what do the enlightened, those who were born of God, believe? Well, they believe that in the hour of darkness, on Good Friday, that Jesus, the light of the world, defeated the forces of evil when he died on Calvary's cross for the sins of the entire world. And there, when darkness fell, he died for your sins. Every one of yours and my sins were paid for by his death. When he rose in the glorious light of Easter, God revealed this enlightening truth that in Jesus Christ, God has brought to us the life, the light of eternal life. And that is the enlightenment of the Word made flesh that we rejoice in today. I took a a moment as all of you were singing the first hymn, O Come All Ye Faithful, and I just listened, and it was wonderful. God's people coming to God's house and singing about the Savior. Yes, O come all ye faithful, come and worship, come and adore Come and have your sins forgiven. And, we, and so we do come and we rejoice and we do so with the confidence and the power of God's word to overcome all darkness. And as we have been reflecting on his word in our Advent services this year, we have, we have acknowledged that we face powerful enemies who want to keep out God's enlightened word and keep us in sinful ignorance. Remember this, that Satan does not want you to pray, that Satan does not want you to read God's Word, that Satan does not want husband and wife to pray together, that Satan does not want husband and wife to read Scripture together, that Satan does not want you as an individual to read Scripture, to pray The unholy trinity of the devil, the sinful nature, and the fallen world work to keep God's word out of people's hearts. But thanks be to God, the Holy Spirit is always working wherever that word is being given to create faith that bears the fruits of life and salvation. Remember this too, most importantly, that one of God's promises is that his word never comes back empty, that it never comes back void that the Word of God always and will always accomplish the purpose for which He sent it. As Jesus says in His great parable about hearing the Word of God in the parable of the sower, the one who hears the Word and understands it, he indeed bears fruit. And so as we confess regarding the Holy Spirit, He uses that Word. That as He calls, gathers, enlightens, and sanctifies us and keeps us with Jesus Christ in the one true faith. This is the enlightenment of Christ that we receive in the ministry of word and sacrament on Christmas. It is also the enlightenment that we can receive in meditation on the word of God and in prayer in our daily lives. For that purpose, we can receive the blessing of modern information technology as well to bring us the enlightening word of God. In our own church heritage, we have an example of this. Martin Luther's use of the printing press brought to the people of his day the Word of God in accessible and understandable ways. There were, that was the new information technology that came to the fore during the Reformation 500 years ago. 
And today we still benefit from this as we open our Bibles and read them in our homes and in where we work, in the car, everywhere. Today we also have access to the Word of God through various forms of digital technology. One can listen to the Word of God while he or she commutes to work, while you walk or run on the treadmill. One can look up sermons and Bible studies on the internet, play hymns during family devotions using digital music. As we've commented on before, one can also use various apps and other communications to connect with those separated by time and distance, to spend time together in devotion to God's Word. The important matter is that we remain focused on God's Word no matter what the resources that we use, from memorized Bible passages to reading a print Bible or a digital one, to hearing a recording of someone sharing God's Word, Through God's word comes true enlightenment that reveals the darkness of sin that leads to repentance, that shines forth the gospel that gives faith, that guides life in God's kingdom to bear witness to his saving grace and truth in a world that doesn't know what it doesn't know. As this happens, the body of Christ, his church, continues to bring the light of life and salvation at Christmas time and throughout the year until Christ comes again in glory. And so if for some reason you haven't heard a single thing that I have said in the past 10 minutes or however long that it's been, please remember this, that God promises this, that his word never comes back empty, and his word always accomplishes the purposes for which he sent it. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. with our next hymn, number 374, Gentle Mary Laid Her Child.
Thank you, Lord, for blessing us so we can be a blessing to others. Please stand for prayer. Merciful and mighty Father, we thank and praise you for your word that spoke creation into its existence. Merciful and mighty Father, we thank and praise you that your word became flesh. to bear our sin and be our Savior. He came to us, lived with us. He came down, lowered himself, and he did it with great love. Merciful and mighty Father, we thank and praise you that your word became flesh and dwelt among us. us. Not just the high and the mighty. Not just the kings not just the preferred, the pretty, the polished, and the perfect. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. Us. Hallelujah. We pray together the prayer our Lord himself gave us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name.
May you be filled with the wonder of Mary, the obedience of Joseph, the joy of the angels, the eagerness of the shepherds, the determination of the Magi, and the peace of the Christ child. And may the Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit bless you now and forevermore. Let's worship a very special word of welcome to all guests and visitors that were here with us either today and or last night as well to worship. We are so very glad that you were here. I want to make mention of just a couple of folks. There's a lot of, uh, there's a lot of work that goes in behind the scenes with this season, and so I wanted to just make mention of a couple of people. Um, first of all, I wanted to thank Carol for sharing her talents with us here, 
this morning. Uh, I also want everybody to look up in the choir loft there at, at Susan, the organist. Uh, this, this season and Lent is always busy. Uh, and so we thank you, Susan, for uh, all of your playing and your efforts and in, in the way that, that you do so. Yes, please. <clears throat> I want to thank Jerry and Gloria, uh, who um, hopefully were not here really late last night after t- last night's service. I told them not not to, um, but hopefully not. But they uh, have worked very hard to get not only the um, the Advent and the Christmas services, the building ready, but they've also had a couple of weddings thrown thrown in there as well. So they've been very very busy. So Jerry and Gloria, thank you very much. Uh, I did not, is Jennifer here, or Jennifer Meyer? I didn't see her. Um, but um, Jennifer, our uh, church secretary, uh, she has had to put up with me during this season too, uh, which is an effort in and of itself. Um, and so I wanted to thank her uh, as well for all of the um, effort and the time that she has, the, all of the extra effort and the extra time that she has put in uh, as well. And then I also want to make uh, mention of our principal, Amanda Menning. Um, Guys, we're lucky. We're very, very, very fortunate and lucky and blessed to be able to have her. Uh, And so she has worked extraordinarily hard, not only on this service, but just with all of the practices with the kids and getting everything um, around and all of that. And so I wanted to thank Amanda uh, as well for all of her efforts too. And I think I got everybody that I wanted to mention uh, that kind of works behind the scenes. Uh, thank you, Bob, for running the, the sound uh, today as well. Thank you, Bob. Um, and then finally, the last announcement that I have is our New Year's Eve service will begin at 6 p.m. Uh, normally, evening services begin at 7, but we're going to be beginning at 6 p.m., on New Year's Eve, and if you came last year, it's going to be a lot like it was last year, where I kind of put up a bunch of chairs here um, in the front, and it's a much more intimate gathering, Um, and please come casual. Uh, There's no reason to wear a suit and a tie, I mean, unless you really really want to. I'm going to wear jeans, so um, just uh, please please come casual, 6 p.m. on New Year's Eve. Again, thank you very much for coming. Thank you very much for coming last night. there were over 400 people here last night. That is the largest service that in 10 years of ministry I've ever had the chance to officiate. Um, that is wonderful and a real blessing. And so I am very thankful to God for all of you and for all of the people that came and were able to hear uh, God's message last night. Uh, I pray that you all have a very, very Merry Christmas. Uh, please be safe as you are traveling. And I look forward to seeing everybody Sunday. Is that right? What, what day is it? Okay, Sunday. Have a very blessed and merry Christmas.